Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the way we kind of like to live it, you know, transparent over here. That's how we, we keep just, things. I'm just living out loud, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so, okay, so I watched Boyhood, uh, that Richard Linklater movie, and because I was in, like, a reflective time, I was like, all right, I just had a birthday. I'm, like, getting older. I think this is a good movie to watch at this time. It's like, I've been thinking a lot about childhood, not, like, looking back like oh i wish it was like oh the good old days or anything but just like having strange misplaced kind of nostalgia um where i'll just be like at work and then all of a sudden i'll be like oh dude i remember the exact feeling i felt when i was like riding bikes at the end of the street when i was 14 years old like just getting like hit with a random wave of that stuff um and so i was like this would be a good movie for that so i watched boyhood and the movie, I mean, I'm sure that you know of it, but in case anyone listening doesn't, it's like, you know, it starts off over the course of, it's filmed over the course of 10 years or 12 years, and it's following a family. Is it only 12 years? I thought it was more than that. I think it's, I think it's 12 years. It's something like that. Um, but it's, it, it may be a little bit longer. It's like the course of, ad, of like a kid's adolescence, basically. Okay, I thought and it was they like use, 20 years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check really fast. But keep, check keep it talking, just to make sorry. sure. But the, the concept is they film uh, the same actors, and it's like Ethan Hawke is playing the dad. I don't know who plays the mom um, or the kids. Patricia but... Arquette, and you were correct. It's 12 years. 12? Okay. 12 so, years. <laughs> it's not like that. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is like 12 years, uh, an adolescent white kid living in a middle class to lower middle class upbringing with a broken home. <laughs> um, but so this movie, it kind of follows funny. them. I mean, Jude, yeah, I'm watching it kind of like pointing at the screen like our guy from um, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> Leo. But yeah, it follows this family and it's following primarily this boy from the age of like, I don't know, six to 18. Like he goes off to college is basically the end. Um, but it's really nice because like he's basically the exact age that I was and it's filmed in the time periods when like so. Yeah. Uh, he graduated high school like basically the same year I did. So like a lot of the cultural stuff lines up really well or, or like me watching it now in retrospect 20 years, or not 20, 10 years later, I'm like, oh man, I remember that. Or like, yeah, that was a song that was really big at that time or whatever, um, which is kind of cool. And I think almost like it almost hits better now that you have like the distance from it. And there's, like a certain level of nostalgia that's been baked in almost for it. Um, because I watched it when I was a kid. Like I watched the movie when it first came out, which was like 2014, I think maybe. And I was a junior or a senior in high school, one or the other. Um, so I was like watching kind of like an adolescence play out. At this, when I was already kind of at a pivotal time period when I was like, about to graduate high school and become my own person, blah, 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 go into like the initiation ritual of college and whatever that comes after. Um, And it was kind of weird for me watching it at that time period, because it was like in the movie, it's the movie is like filmed in a nostalgic manner already. Um, And it's supposed to be that way for to make you nostalgic for your childhood or whatever. But I realized that like I watched it, while I was already a kid in that time frame. And it was like a really jarring experience for me then because I think I've always kind of had a weird relationship with time where I've always had like nostalgia for the moment before it even passes. Um, and I think okay. like where I'd be like a kid and I'd be like looking around, like, 
That seems like, like a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing because it gave me like the ability to appreciate stuff, I feel like, at a pretty full level. But it's also like a kind of melancholic in a way where you're kind of like, I don't know, you, it, it just kind of feels like time is like, like you may be out of joint with time slightly or something like that. Where, But this movie kind of, I feel like, upped the ante on that. And I never really realized that until I just rewatched it recently. And I was like, oh, man, watching like a coming of age story film when you're like already coming of age in that same period is really kind of an interesting like uh, thing because like, I feel like it takes you out of the, like the just going through life and experiencing it. And it takes you into like a little bit more of a detachment and like a reflection period. At least it was for me. Yeah. It's um, like you're in, you're in the moment and you're like, man, I can feel this literally slipping through my hands as I'm for real. It. Yeah. Yeah. I get that which was always like a weird thing for as a kid. Like I feel like I had that going on with other people did it. And I was like, Oh man, I got to try to make this moment, everything. I feel like, uh, I think, uh, I think like kids have surprisingly complex feelings pretty frequently, you know? Like, yeah. I think, I think that that to your point, I think that that's probably like out of the norm. Like, I don't know if kids have that specific feeling, but like, I remember, and I don't know why, but I just feel like it's somewhat similar. I used to just like think my parents were gonna die when I was a little oh, kid, and like, dude, yeah, and like then you think about that, and that kind of a lot of the time like leads into this dread about time. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of like it's. I feel like that was my first meditation on just being like, oh my gosh, time is this thing outside of my control, and that scares me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But anyways, as you were saying. No, that's, I mean, that's a big thing, dude. Like the first time you think about like time without your parents too, like that's a whole thing too. Cause you're like, that's like a different variable where, where life actually changes in a significant manner. Like I remember I saw uh, spy kids two or three or something <laughs> when I'm I was sorry, really I young. So funny to me. <laughs> well, dude, this is the thing. It's kind of funny because it, it's a pivotal memory for me because it gave me my first ever nightmare. I was watching the film and like in the movie, the parents get kidnapped and then the kids have to like go into this like right. world and like try to fight and like get the parents back. And I never had even thought about that as an, as like a possibility that could happen in life. Like I always thought maybe I could get kidnapped, you know, stranger danger. Don't get in the car with strangers at carpool. But I never knew that like my parents could go missing one day. And that was the first time I ever set in that like, Oh, there's a time when like these people are not connected to you in a significant way. Um, like they're either dead or they're missing. Like they could be kidnapped or whatever. Unlikely that they're kidnapped, but I had well, I my think, first nightmare because of that. So it's a, it's a heavy thing to grapple with as a kid. Yeah. I think that's also part of just the like mourning the loss of literally being like, like in the physically, Yeah, exactly. Physically connected to one of your parents. Um, yeah. Is, is, is interesting. Um, I think that's like a, what a primary aspect of childhood is for like a at least the first portion of it. Um, it's like cutting off that mindset uh, of like being like still physically attached to this other individual and like them molding you like through energy transfer of nutrients and stuff. But then like as you're younger, like they mold you through, you know, ideology and teaching you ethics and morals and like, you know, taking care of you and that kind of stuff. And like, as you get older, you like just kind of slowly start as like your own individual 
point of view starts studying in and you start having a little bit more of a rational brain and stuff, you develop your own kind of ego going through the world a little bit. And it starts kind of like weaning off that connection and then kind of doing the opposite. Um, so yeah, I think that's like the, I think it's a very painful thing as a kid. Um, like the first, I don't know, first few years of life for sure. But it's like, that's when you, you kind of develop a lot of your, who you are as an individual and like the kind of thought patterns and like processes that you look to for like comfort or security or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, dude, man, dude, childhood's crazy, bro, man. Raising kids and raising little people and everything. (laughs) Shit. It's big. I I appreciate your segue here. I wish, uh, I wish, uh, I wish I had you present for, for every reveal. Uh, <laughs> just do it uh, that way. Every time just get someone nostalgic about their childhood for a second and then just go, man, isn't it crazy raising kids? All right. Slav. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, my wife's pregnant. Um, we just got, uh, we just actually had our first ultrasound the other day and, um, that was pretty great. Um, yeah, we we did a we did a blood test a couple of weeks ago. We did ultrasound, um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how, how much information is is more information that I need to share about my child on a fucking podcast. Sure, well, I'll probably well, that's, keep it. go ahead. I was gonna say that's one thing to really kind of they're gonna have to start navigating going forward. Um, that I thought about today when you mentioned you might want to talk about it a little bit. I was like there's the ethical line where you have to start deciding like how much of this kid's life uh, do I need to absolutely like keep private for and like, cause I know people that have like mommy blogs and that kind of shit. And that's like sickening and not okay. Um, so it's like, you have to kind of start <laughs> <laughs> figuring out what that line is for yourself, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, well, all right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that will definitely become more real as they've been birthed. Right? right. And to that point, one thing that really kind of made it a lot more real lately is, um, is just that, um, yeah, we had a DNA test and we learned that it's going to be a girl and, wow. um, we've pretty much got a name picked out already. Um, which Beautiful I name. yeah, thank I you. like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's classy. It's a family name. And, I like um, a classy, like old, more old fashioned kind of name. Yeah. And I think it's not like weird old timey. No, no, no. Um, and if you can shorten it up like that, it's nice too. like giving someone the option to where like you can have a couple of different things you could go by if you want. Exactly. To. Now there's going to be people like having theories about what it is. Um, oh, it but, could be um, anything. Could be anything. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't even know. Um, I saw it for the first time. I saw her. That's the thing, right? You yeah, see, yeah. Start, start calling it it. Man, how is that? It's interesting. Uh, sometimes I I feel a little silly, but sometimes I like use the name, right? Um, yeah, you know, my wife's getting her ass kicked with just nausea and shit like oh, that. Sure. And um, and that kind of sucks. But honestly, everybody we talked to was like that. That's good. That means. Mm-hmm. That means that everything's coming along nicely, mm-hmm. growing a nice placenta there. Um, so that's are, cool. 
are y'all gonna uh do any of that like eating the placenta or saving it or anything like that uh yes Uh, nice hell yeah are y'all gonna eat it or or both or i think i think what she was saying is we're gonna like have it ground down into capsules capsules yeah yeah, i like i'm a little i'm i'll be honest i'm a little weirded out by it because it's yeah (laughs) well it it seems like a form of cannibalism to be honest with you Um, yeah i see what you mean (laughs) but also like baby's been eating it you know and so and we're gonna be eating the same diet as baby so Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean um Go do ahead. you feed it to the baby too? I well, I don't know. I mean, that little motherfucker's been eating plenty of it. Um, <laughs> He's got his fill. This is for me now. <laughs> don't ever misgender my baby, Coh. <laughs> oh, she. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> my bad. My bad. Uh, no. Um. Um. I have no. I have no fucking clue. I have no fucking clue. My wife's into this schizo shit, and um, and so I, you know, I've just you're supportive. To- I'm just taking her marching orders. I mean, I like it, right? I like having a a broad that's that's into weird schizo shit. But yeah, I'm yeah, I'm um, I don't totally know. But <laughs> um, <laughs> that's her deal, dude. <laughs> yeah, not not my path. Um, no, it literally is my path now. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we got a midwife. We're gonna get a doula. We're gonna do a home birth, um, which is funny because for me. I need to like get the fucking place in better order now. Right. Like, right. I mean, it's fine. Like it, it could work now, but it's just one of those things of like those things that I've been putting off. This is like a really good time to do them now, but also kind of walk that line of like, well, you know, we had a couple things done around the place in the last few years that took forever. Right. Mm. And because we just had a shitty fucking uh, contractor. Right. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, dude, like, you know, if I like hire somebody to like remodel our kitchen or something like and then it suddenly becomes one of those situations like it's a nine month remodel. Yeah, right. Which can happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like we're fucked and like we mm-hmm. just don't get to do the home birth. Right. And, uh, you know, back up, we do a, a birth center. I mean absolute emergency situation and and that's how i think this stuff should be approached the absolute emergency situation backup is the hospital right yeah it's nowhere near our our first choice and um are y'all gonna do like a with the home birth are you gonna do like a water birth uh i have no idea um okay i I mean she's been showing me a lot of pictures of broads (laughs) you're like oh i don't want to look at that (laughs) To be honest, it's like simultaneously worse and not as bad as I thought. Yeah. Um, Because like, I don't know. It's weird. Like, like, I don't really think it's actually all that gory to look at in the videos of just like, all right. Yeah. Like, it's just birth. Yeah. Yeah, No, just like a a large thing coming out of a vagina. Like whatever. Right. It's a hole with a thing coming out of it. Right. Probably sucks, but you know, it's not that gross, you know, (laughs) probably it's not fun, but you know, it's beautiful. God bless. I mean, I quite literally not my path, but, (laughs) um, but like, I think the stuff that's a little more stressful about it is just like the, the textural stuff around that. Right. Mm. Like, I don't know. There's this one video of this chick giving birth <laughs> and she, dude, she had like the craziest hemorrhoids in the world. And Ooh. she's just making, she's just, I never, I didn't even know. That I didn't think about that. that. It's an option. Apparently, <laughs> get real bad hemorrhoids. Pretty I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely. 
and uh, and she's just making these fucking gorilla noises, and Ooh. she's got these like just red bumps on her asshole, and I'm just like, what is this? Like this is, you know what I mean? No, that like and none, none of that, and none of that really has to do with like a kid's head coming out of a pussy. Yeah. I'm basically fine with that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, that's so, just collateral damage. The rest of it. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these videos we're seeing, it's like it's people just you know straight up just like standing on fucking medical pads yeah or something like that a doggy pad i don't really know i mean we knew somebody who was gonna do it and they ended up not being able to um but like they straight up had like a fucking like big ass like horse trough sent to their house and sat in that oh yeah um, that's maybe the move i think that is um and that's another thing is like our downstairs has really old shitty carpet and my the one of the top of my list things right now is to refloor the downstairs mm. with hardwood right um and so the you first get placenta reason, all over it it gives you an well, exam, and an that's excuse what gonna, that's what i was gonna say right is like is like well you know part of it is um part of it is like that I, the main thing has been, I don't want the baby crawling around on like the gross old absorbent carpet Ooh. previous owner. Right. But right. then at the same time too, it's like, dude, I don't want like, I don't know. I don't know if that smell comes out, you know, right. um, of the placenta and all that shit. So, so yeah, that's, that's the plan. And, uh, it's fucking cool. Uh, we, uh, we, we revealed it to our, our parents by, uh, giving the, our dads, um, a mug that says grandpa, and oh, nice! Giving um, giving our moms a Saint Anne medal. Oh, good. And um, how yeah, do they? Was... Okay. How do they respond? <laughs> this is what everybody asks, and I I love it because this is actually this is a this is a perfect um, it's kind of like in a sitcom where it's like you just know how characters are going to act, and there's a satisfaction in being like that's that's just such a norm thing to say in that scene. Right. Um, Revealing it to our parents was exactly like a perfect distillation of who they are. So told my dad first. And my dad is like, is like just a trickster, you know, he's just a a tricksy guy. And so we tell him and he's like, you know what? I knew it. I knew it the whole time, you know, nothing gets past me. And then he just just proceeds to laugh at me for the next like hour about how like this kid is just going to absolutely just whoop my ass. And I totally (laughs) deserve it for being a a shithead kid. And, and that's the thing is that my dad's like chill in the way that like he can talk a bunch of shit like that. And it's like, it's fun. You know, Yeah, yeah, my dad, my dad just makes fun of me. Um, That's a fun relationship to have though. It is, and I hope to do that. I don't know if I'll be as good at maintaining the, that delicate balance that my dad does, but I'd like to do it. Um, It'll be harder when they're younger. I think once you get older, it's more prime time for that kind of that relationship anyhow. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know if I'm going to like... I don't, bust, I don't your really... <laughs> bust your kids' balls. Bust your kids' ovaries. Ovaries, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to like... I, like give my kid a hard time when they're like an infant. Uh, but, like, <laughs> I mean, I think it's important for teenagers, right? I think teenagers are like the least cool fucking people in the world. Yeah, uh, you gotta humble them. And to be and to be honest, a lot of their suffering 
around like their peers and their social life comes from the fact that they don't understand how fucking uncool they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, no, we told my dad and he's just like, nothing gets past me, you know? And, uh, and then we told my, my in-laws and my mother-in-law just like, you know, she's like, Oh, St. Anne, what's she the saint of? And then my wife's like, you know, grandmothers and then her face just like melts and she's like you know and it was super intense and hell yeah and the whole time it's happening right the whole because you got to understand it's like i'm like watching this like this like moment this like this like critical life event in this Mm -hmm. person's life who just who just wanted to be a grandma so bad right and it's Mm -hmm. it's profound while i'm me and my father-in-law are just kind of standing off to the side in the kitchen leaning against the counter watching this happen (laughs) and he but and he's just happy to see his wife happy and then like a few minutes later he's like talking to me about like family finances and stuff and i'm like okay this is like this is this guy's love language you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's just being like logistics and yeah. it was great and he loves his mug and they've bought her he now bought her a mug that says grandma oh that's um, sweet yeah and she's like hitting up my wife and just being like oh it's it's you know how are you doing of course of course mm-hmm. and then we tell my mom and you know my mom moved out of state recently to just like be in a more red state mm-hmm. um and it's kind of a whole thing the move i think was kind of a dumb decision mm-hmm. um, did you have to did you call her or did you see her in person so she was in town because she still just like has a bunch of unfinished business up here indefinitely okay so like she needs to come up here constantly so it's yeah it's kind of funny um so she comes up and she's got a little bone to pick with me because i don't know some something had happened recently that annoyed her she's me and my mom don't have a super good relationship i'm kind of like the kid that she likes to just shit on a lot right sure um and so she we tell her and she's excited and then we're talking about the birth plan and she just like finds some uh, you know long story short to not basically just like have everyone that listens to our show just like be stepped through my argument with my my mom (laughs) um she just like gets offended by something halfway through that's like completely innocuous right and gets up and leaves and walks out of our of our announcement. Oh, wow. um, and, uh, and was then, this just with her, or were there other people there too? It was with my wife and my mother. And, okay, uh, but it was like it was just the yeah. you were revealing it just to your mom. Yes. Okay. And, yeah. and it's kind of nice now because it's like I don't know about your relationship with your folks, but like it's for me, and I'd imagine this is universal for most people, like. I'm too close to it to actually judge it realistically. Right. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like we get into a fight and, and I'm like, did I actually do something wrong? Like was, am I just being crazy? Am I just like, am I just thinking that I'm in the right because I just have some resentments or something? And it's kind of nice to have like a spouse who like, yeah. by no means is impartial, but like who doesn't side observer kind of, who doesn't have all of that baggage. Yeah. Um, and you know my wife's basically just like you know what the fuck you know what the fuck was she what the fuck is she on um and it's kind of nice too because and maybe this is beta people can absolutely accuse me of this but like you know a few a few days later my mom 
texts us right to like speak on this situation and my my wife's just like you know look like getting up and walking out isn't the kind of resolution to conflict we want to model you know like we're gonna need to like not be doing that mm-hmm. you know and uh and it, and it worked right it didn't nice. cause some big fight and, and it was legit right so but anyways point is and that this is all kind of an aside but point is it's just this hilarious thing of like my dad's kind of a jokester my father-in-law is kind of stoic um but with it my mm-hmm. mother-in-law is the most excited person in the world and then my mom uh, makes it about herself and just like has like a huge emotional blow up. Um, oh, that was the other thing too, is we, we were saying, um, she just, uh, she hates my uncle. And so we, we mentioned one of our potential names, uh, just happens to be the same name as my uncle. Uh, which I didn't, like, oh, realize, fuck. I didn't realize it was also his middle name. I know it was so funny. And so we're sitting there talking and she just like gets really sour and starts like complaining about it. I'm just like, this broad is like, insane anyways yeah. anyways I, this, is, this is the most this is the most bo- it's the most boring thing to like listen to people complain about their their families and uh, as i like, get oh go ahead it is good though because i think everyone can relate with like having some like everyone has misgivings about the relationship with their parents like regardless of how good or bad it is there's like certain things where which is kind of the case in any relationship but with something so integral as like a, a parent that's with you your whole life made you into what you are for better or worse there's going to be some issues. So I think people can relate. And then it's also fun, like the dynamic you're talking about of having like the spouse there. You can be like, like when, whenever your mom clears out or whatever, you can be like, all right, so I'm not tripping. That was nuts. Right. Or, or no, <laughs> right, you can right, kind right. of like <laughs> clarify that. That's nice. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's good. And well, especially just because I mean, at the risk of once again, talking about this, this kind of boring, uh, stupid topic, but like, it's 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 quite nice also just because I think that I <clears throat> I run a little hot headed generally and so kind of the part of the dynamic that happens is that all I can just very easily just be baited and so like you know somebody in my family generally my mom can just hey, like baited 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 can just be like a piece of shit and and, and acts out of line shit. Um, and i have the high ground and then they can just bait me very easily mm. to then switch the situation to where now i need to apologize and we can just move past what they did right yeah they drag you down into the dirt exactly and so so it's kind of nice to have somebody who's impartial to like keep track of the record of the situation and then just be like <laughs> all right you need to shut up like just be j- just tell me to be quiet Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I don't do the thing where I like just you know uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, um, I don't think that's beta at all. Actually, I think it's like a classic dynamic. I think that's the case with like a lot of like wife and mother-in-law duos, where it's like the mother-in-law and the husband are like and her son, whatever, are gonna have a certain level of dysfunction one way or another. And then like, it's the wife a lot of times, like you're saying can kind of see through it. And also like, I think that a mom is going to like respect a wife on a different level than their own son. Like it, it may be like, there may be some small animosity or something there, but I think there's a level of respect where it's like, all right, I can't really tell you what to do so much. Um, right. And so I think that there, there's that. It's a little bit more of like an even playing field kind of. So it's good, yeah, to have that person kind of balance it out. I don't think that's beta. I think that's pretty trad, actually. 
Yeah, it's, I, I, <laughs> I do I think that. that was, no, no, I I get where you're coming from, and so so. Anyways, that was that was part of the funny thing, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, there's a spiritual component here, right? Of of being like, all right, this is like a call to a new chapter in people's lives, mm-hmm. and um, it's the call to have a new vocation for everybody, right? Like, I'm going to be mm-hmm. a father, obviously, and it's the biggest thing for me and my wife, but it's also like, okay, like. You know, my mother is going to be a grandmother and like that comes with new things. And that's a new way of structuring and ordering your life. Right. And yeah, I, I always want to be careful with this because I don't want to act like we're like God's gift to everyone we know, you know, but obviously, like, I mean, no, like grandparents do structure their lives a lot of the time where they live and stuff like that around where their grandkids are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she happen to just move across the country where no grandkids are and that's kind of <laughs> me but um anyways um and so when you when you kind of like you know when when you uh when you have a, a an experience like that with somebody where it's just like it's just the same old them you know uh that's how they're that's how they're they're reacting to this call to adventure to have this new chapter right i mean like my my relationship with my parents can also just completely change. We can get closer, mm-hmm. you know, we have more reason to spend time together, shit like that. And for the first thing to happen, just to be the same old, like, yeah, you know, just to, just someone just being kind of a piece of shit. It's, it's funny. Um, it's, it's like, honestly, oh, no moment of self-reflection here. Uh, this should have kind of snapped you out of your bullshit for at least a split second, you know? No. Right. And so it's, it's, it's funny. Um, it's pretty funny. But, uh, other than that, um, you know, I mean, it's a blessing that, that, that she doesn't live in the state. I love that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I totally have gotten a little bit derailed on this, on this one topic. Oh, you're good, dude. It's such a, it's such a big, exciting thing, man. I'm so happy for you and for your wife and for your future daughter. I think that you guys are going to be great parents. Um, I'm happy to see, you know, follow along and have updates on, how she's doing and everything throughout throughout whole childhood and uh it's man it is such a crazy thing like you're saying you're getting derailed it's like dude how could you not be getting derailed in any given moment you're about to enter into like a whole other kind of chapter of life where you have yeah. a whole new level of responsibilities and like you're saying a whole new vocation and like it's exciting it's also unknown a bit and and it spills out and affects literally every other aspect of your life and so like it's it's really it's like starting a whole new journey, like you're saying. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting seeing how like the relationships in your life progress or like what kind of happens in them and like how, how your life kind of falls into place from here. Um, because it's like, it is kind of like a, not a course correction, but it's more, it's like a, it's just charting a new kind of path and things are going to change around that for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I like, honestly, I, the most, I went out of town recently with like a, with like a, a I guess it's like the husband of my wife's friend. Mm. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was like, cool. Um, but it was funny cause he was like talking to me and you know, it's like, this is the big thing going on in my life right now. Right. And so it's like, let's like, let's relate. Let's level about this. Right. Like, what are you thinking? How are you feeling about this? And I was like, you know, honestly, like the funny thing is like all the thinking, and reflecting on this, the 99% of it that I've done has been like in the last year before my wife got pregnant. 
and right. I'm just like not really thinking about it very much right now. And and I mean, I mean, this is like an, an ever evolving record. My thoughts here, but like it, it it is just a little bit funny because I do think um, my approach right now is to just literally just kind of just let it happen and just ride with it. And I'm not mm-hmm. really gonna like. I don't really want to agonize over it, you know, of course of being not. like, yeah, being like, Oh my gosh, shit's going to change so much. It's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's going to change a lot, but then also there's, there's okay. It is going to change a lot. There is something to be said though. Also for take a little sip of coffee here. Um, how, how much it changes your perspective to go and hang out you go and you have have a hangout with one of your friends who just recently had a kid, which is a number of our friends right now. And the ba- and it's just the same as it usually was in the past, but now there's just a baby there. Yeah, yeah. And like that's huge, dude. And now all, obviously not all kids are like that, right? And like we got we got a number of friends that have pretty fucking chill babies. And you want to have a chill baby, right? But um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm honestly point I'm making basically is just I, I'm going to just try to be like as as straightforward as I can about it. And there's an interesting thing, and this is to to get it maybe to get it to a, a slightly like less personal to me angle on this topic. There's an interesting thing that I'm noticing with parents and specifically new parents, because like because like the people that raised us now, you talk to them and they're just like, yep. Yep, just a thing you do, you know, you'll figure yeah. it out. Um, and I like that, right? I like that. Whereas new parents, I think a lot of the time, like, and maybe this has to do with just like social um, forms of organizing that we do now. People are kind of atomized, shit like that whole thing that we've talked plenty about. Mm-hmm. But I find that like new parents, you bring it up and they're just like, chomping at the bit to have somebody to just dump on about how fucking you don't get how intense it is yeah i didn't sleep i didn't sleep for more than 15 seconds for fucking 30 years in the in the first month my daughter was born right Mm -hmm. and you know it's just this stupid and first of all i'm sure that that aspect is going to kick my ass right it's like the baby boot camp right sure it's going to kick my ass right the same time kind of a night owl I think I'm I'm generally I'm going to be a lot more cut out for that than my wife is. I'll tell you that much, right? And it just whatever, right? If I'm just getting up in the middle of the night, you know, just read a fucking book with a baby on your chest, you know? Right? I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's going to be nice having to work from home job too, because then it's like, oh, yeah. you know, you don't have to like be up and at some place at a given time in the morning, and you can kind of like manage it that way. Are well, you going to be kind of the stay at home dad? Is that what's going to be going on for? Well, like- exactly so so and that was my other thing is i'm basically gonna be the at-home parent right and so it's gonna be pretty profound the change i understand that especially for like the position that we're doing the approach we're doing Mm -hmm. um but again like i said it's just it's just one of those things of like i think i'm just gonna let it kind of mold me you know and if i kind of just like keep a flexibility to it um be like water yeah well exactly right and it's like i've got i've got a job that's like that's chill you know and and isn't 
you know, it doesn't just drain the fucking life out of me. Um, well, anyway, anyways, I, I wanted I wanted to talk a, a, just a second longer just about that last point I was making though, which is just like, just this like new parents just needing to act like they're from they just came back from like fucking nom or something. Yeah. It's like and some I, sort of flex, like to most of them. It's almost like people they're like when you're poor and you're around other poor people, you're like, no, nah, dude, like I came up like on the had I, I, I had to eat this, I had to do that, like trying to flex your credentials or something almost. Yeah, exactly. Or like, um, I mean, people just do this with like, um, with like suffering in general. People, just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't even know. Like, I work, I work fucking fifty hours overtime a week. You know yeah, I mean? and it's like okay, like I don't. You're being exploited. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah that sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's actively not, like to be honest. I think you're kind of a chump now. Yeah. Um, no, but, but yeah, with the kids thing, I, I I've picked up on that from like. See, I've never had kids. Obviously, I'm not going through that anytime soon. It's not something that's like on in my deck of cards right now. And so I don't really know what it's like. But from experience of like the people I know that have had kids this is the takeaway I've had mostly. It's like, I talk to them and it's like, man, fucking chicken with the head cut off. Everything is crazy. Like I've been not sleeping a wink and this and that. Um, and so like, that's like where my perspective is on it. Um, and so, yeah, that's where I like, that's, I guess where I'm coming from. I was like, yeah, it's going to change a lot of things. That's just kind of what I've picked up from the people around me. I have, I have no real clue what well, that's, it looks it, like. <laughs> and this is like, this is like a, uh, this is this is my this is maybe my like naive my naive take on it a little bit but basically just being like i like all you ever fucking hear is the negative shit right yeah and so i'm just telling myself that that's a psyop <laughs> yeah, yeah I like, <laughs> that, that. like and then it's actually like gonna be pretty chill and that like i don't need to read all of these fucking books to prepare mm-hmm. myself like i like <laughs> okay be prepared but not only exactly. like, don't worry about it <laughs> no exactly exactly right like i'm not gonna um i don't want to act like uh like i'm not gonna do fucking anything right i mean you we're gonna take some baby classes we're doing the fucking i mean the midwife shit is already um yeah like just a lot more hands-on than a lot of the normal medical track is right but um uh just like I think that people just talk about the fucking negatives. They talk about like, it's so fucking hard and it's like, guess what? All right. People have done this successfully since the dawn of man. In way worse conditions, like having to protect their babies from lions and saber tooth. In way worse conditions, (laughs) people that are, that are, that are less intelligent than I am, that are less competent than I am. um, We're just going to make it work. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. And, you know, we're talking about, um, and I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of, I'm just gonna be flexible with it. And the big thing too, and again, you hear a lot more old people talk about this than young people, because again, I feel like they just don't have the, like, you know, I just want to break my arm jerking myself off about how much I suffer. Um, they talk about like instinct, right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that's just going to be a big thing. Like, like, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to prepare, but also just kind of knowing like there's just an instinct thing, mm-hmm. you know, dude, people are so co- detached from their instincts nowadays, dude. I yeah. think people are just so fucking caught up in like the overstimulation rat race grind of whatever like modernity is that it's like, they don't even know how to begin to listen to their instincts. They can't even hear them. Cause it's like, they're just 
they're so far below the hum of everything else that's going on in their lives. So I think like people never... generally, I think people generally like to philosophically deny their instincts. Oh yeah. It's outside of their own will and like, right. Consent. And then you have like the people, I think there's like a reactionary group of people too. that are like more vitalists. They're kind of like instincts are like everything. And I think that's all obviously wrong too. Right. But I think, yeah, I think we're a little bit too heavy on like, thinking that our like rational brain can get us through stuff and then not realizing that our rational brain's not really a good instrument for navigating what modernity is um mm-hmm. and it gets so overloaded and bogged down with all that modernity has to offer that like what might would have been a good guide you know a couple thousand years ago on just like the rational brain it doesn't work that way anymore and like you have to be able to incorporate more instinctual stuff that we've left behind and forgotten there, there's got to be a, a lot better synthesis between the two of those things and i think that that's like i think that for sure is probably right with parenting because i think now people are like people it's like maybe the information age too people want to have like a, a guidebook like i have like a, a wiki howed how to have kids and like I know all the steps and everything and like right. the truth is is that you don't really there isn't anything like that for really any good scenario and there's conflicting info out there and so I think people get so just like overwhelmed by that process of not actually having it's not like a job where you show up and they say you need to do these things here and there and there and you just got to do your duty and you're done you got to actually figure out how to chart this course yourself and I think that's yep. a lot for people yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I think um, I think one thing that just like gets lost in this too is that it's just like I don't, I don't fucking want <clears throat> this like one size fits all wiki how thing. Mm-hmm. I want to like know my kid, right? And like, and like react in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I want to <clears throat> have an authentic relationship with this person, and I, I don't know. I mean, I've been. I haven't fucking met my kid yet. I, don't, I can't really speak to it all that much, but, but yeah, I think you just kind of gotta, I think you kind of just gotta, uh, it, it's yet another situation in life of just kind of like, uh, building up the strength to be able to sit with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a pretty difficult thing. Um, uh, yeah, like, like we said, I'm going to be doing the, the stay at home dad thing. Um, cause, cause my job allows it. And, uh, I'm, I'm stoked about that. We're going to, man, it's funny. So my wife wants to homeschool and, and I want to homeschool too. Um, but it's kind of intimidating. Yeah. And she, she knows, uh, she has, um, how do I want to put this? She has expertise in, in teaching. Okay. Um, just like, like via work. Uh, and I'll mm-hmm. keep it vague like that. Um, she like understands this shit. And so we were talking the other day and I'm like, man, like, I really don't, I really don't know. Like, this is, uh, I'm just, I'm a little freaked out by it. Right. Um, and kind of just explaining like, dude, when they're like young, you're like basically, even basically like you're like barely even fucking teaching them anything. Oh, anyways. You could definitely uh, homeschool through age like 10 and it's like almost nothing. Yeah. And that, well, and, and I think, I think at that point too, it's like, I think, and I think that then it gets you better at homeschooling. And so then, yeah. you know, it's like right now teaching a teenager seems like it would be quite difficult, but like, I haven't, you know, I don't have 10 years of homeschooling a younger kid to, right. to and prepare it's, me. And that and that's specific kind of, kid. And you learn their learning process through the, the well, right. And, and so, 
the first point I was going to make is just that whole thing just about like, oh, I'm not, I'm not ready to like deal with teaching a teenager, right? That's like a whole thing in general, right? I'm not ready to like deal with how I was as a teenager. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for that. And it's like, you don't need to be ready. You have 13 years of raising a child to make you ready for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was just kind of like a really big shift for me was just realizing like, uh, I'm going to grow in this process in, in at the same rate. I mean, hopefully at least I will. Um, and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a, another example of that is like, is homeschooling. Um, Washington's a really, really great state for it. And, um, you could probably find some good groups to get into. I think that's really what the key to it all is. It's like people think of homeschooling as more isolated, but like you can find good community groups of other people in your area that are homeschooling. And like, then there's like a certain level of, social integration and then also i think you can kind of like pass people off for like different lesson plans and stuff like that with like different parents and stuff like along those lines from what i understand yeah yeah no and so that's especially with like religious communities and and shit like oh that. yeah um there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of resources i think as you said like understanding the kid and their learning style and their interests and things like that um Mm -hmm. I think um, one thing I I was thinking about recently was hobbies and bonding with children over hobbies. Um, And I think it goes in line with what you're talking about with, with getting to know the individual, because I think the one thing that people like to do a lot is try to like introduce their kids to a hobby that they really like a lot. Uh, and, and which is like, I think in a good, it starts from a good starting place where it's like, we're going to bond over this because it's something we can share interest in. And I think that like the idea of having a good hobby with a child that you can enjoy is, is really good for that. But I think you need to like take their lead a little bit more um, and like kind of get to know the kid from that angle and be like, whatever hobby they would be interested in. Now I need to form an interest in that and try to meet them on that level rather than like, Hey, I really like baseball. Now you're going to play softball or like, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, I'm like, I'm just kind of like force my kid to fucking go fishing and play D and D. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, and you can definitely introduce them to that and stuff like that too. And if they love it, then that's perfect. But it's like just kind of having that wherewithal, like you're saying, of just getting to actually listen to your child and like letting them take the lead in certain scenarios. Of course, you're not going to be like a lot of these like more modern parents that's like, my kid's going to tell me everything. They, if they're a fairy, they're a fairy. And if they're a girl, right. they're a girl. And if they're a guy, they're a guy. Whatever. Of course, it's not like that. But you do want to be receptive to, like, what is the individual, like, inside of your child? Like, what's their, what's their proper vocation? And what are the early signs of it that are coming out? And how can I help best nurture that within them? Totally. Totally. Um, Man, yeah, it's so it's, exciting, it's, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, well, just be, it's about being dynamic with with the person, right? And mm-hmm. like, they're not a fucking. I mean, I don't want to be like, I don't want to do the weird, progressive thing of being like, you know, they're like little sovereign beings completely on their own out of the womb. It's like that's mm-hmm. not real. Like, I they're they're like I need to look after them, um, and they're not property of the state, um but like it's it's a fucking it's a person it's a little person and i want to kind of just be dynamic with that and not just have like these plans set in stone you know and i think that that's one of the things about like homeschooling that i think is really cool is is um 
I was comparing it to like community, like the logic of like community health as opposed to individual healthcare the other day mm. where it's like, you know, we would all be fine from COVID, but old people, you know, get fucked up. And so now everyone needs to be on house arrest kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's just the whole lowest common denominator kind of logic. And I think, um, I think that it's like that in public schooling as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to just, I was thinking about it, right? And it's like, if I can just like take a lesson plan and dress it up in the style of something that like my daughter is really interested in, we can cover like 10 times more material in a day. Oh, yeah. And that's the funny, and that's the funny thing is that it's just like, my wife is like, oh, well, like we don't want to like do too much schoolwork. Right. And she's like describing it and she's talking about like 15 to 30 minutes a day type shit. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. holy shit. Like, and obviously like, I'm again, like I'm just, I'm being dynamic and being flexible. Like I'm, I'm up to adjust for whatever, but I also just like, kind of like the idea of just like, dude, like my kid's going to be smart. Yeah, my kid's going to be an overachiever and it's going to be the best thing in the world. No, exactly. My kid's going to be the best (laughs) thing in the world. My kid's going to support us when they're a billionaire. And uh, and it's like, dude, my kid can do more than fucking 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing is it's like, dude, you get them started a little bit early. They're like further ahead than other kids Mm -hmm. in education, you know? And I don't know. I mean, apparently there's like, there's like homeschool programs that you can kind of like be associated with around here that uh you know we'll do like a monthly field trip with families shit Mm -hmm. like that i mean you just you um some schools will let you in their sports programs or extracurriculars and stuff like that as well exactly lab classes are pretty common right yeah um and we're entering into this new part of our adult social lives that's kind of interesting where like our friends are putting more of like a concerted effort into maintaining and deepening friendships. Not oh, all yeah. of them, some of them and, and, and trying to make new friends with people that are married and have children too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's about like building that community and shit like that. And, and that's very, it's, I mean, these are people I've known for years. So it's like, it's funny right in a, in a way but it's also like um i'm assuming that's how people will be in kind of like the homeschool sphere and, and shit like that and it's just a very different vibe and energy to uh to making people's acquaintance and, and meeting new people in a, in a social environment and i think that's one of the big things that we'll probably get out of this like co-homeschooling kind of community thing is um is just like you just you know get numbers of other parents you know have your kids hang out shit like that you know i mean we we already have friends that are gonna have kids right around the same age um and so we've got that but like i don't know it's just it's just the whole thing and it's it's a meme uh and, and people obviously overstate it but it's still worth worrying about which is just like i you know i want my kid to be um adequately socialized you know what mm-hmm. i mean and to like have friends and i would say one thing that gets glossed over in that point is that um i think that public school made me more anti-social to be honest um it definitely hardens you up a little bit to the world i was thinking about that like 
living in a city does that in a similar way too, where you just like, you learn to see like the worst in people a little bit more, or like at least like prepare for that and like keep your guards up around people in that way. Whereas like, if you live a little bit more sheltered way, you might have a little bit more childlike uh, like approach to the world, which is maybe good and bad. Like, I think it's good because I think that's earnestly the way that you should live. But I think that unfortunately in our modern society, depending on where you are, that could kind of open you up for like being taken advantage of in one way or another. Um, yeah. And, and I think like, I think public school taught me to care more about people liking me than I should mm-hmm. have. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like prison. Public schools are like prison. Um, find your click, find, find the white area nation and join it quick. <laughs> yeah. Have your little retarded sectarian shit. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, so I, I think, um, having to be a little more free form, I think having projects be, I mean, just adding structure to it. I like, I just, I didn't really understand that well until my wife was explaining to me, like they're going to do standardized testing, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's, you know, and that kind of makes it a little bit more attainable to me, I guess. And real. Yeah. And, um, and just like this idea of um, having hands on practical um lessons and projects you're doing right like hey we're gonna go fishing with grandpa today yeah and we're gonna like learn about About biology about biology and like lakes right and Mm -hmm. like what we're gonna do is like for this quarter we're gonna like go and hang out with grandpa once a week and like we're gonna like learn about all that stuff and then like that could just literally be like you know just like hang out with my dad and just be like hey man you know why don't you talk about these few things? Right. And like, we're not actually fucking teaching the kid about these really, really specific things. Like this is just a vehicle for some more foundational stuff that you're going to be helping teaching them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so anyways, I, I, the more I think about that, I guess it's funny. I'm talking about homeschooling a lot. I mean, I'm talking a lot in general right now. So sorry about that, but oh, you're good. um, The more I think about homeschooling, that's actually the thing that's making me feel a little bit more uh, ready and like confident the more I think about and reflect on it because like, that's like something I can write a plan out for. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like raising a fucking baby, it's just like going to be survival, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, like I'm just, I'm just going to have like a little, a little lady around that I'm just going to be like hanging out with all the time. And like, that's chill, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like you, you fucking, you get married and you just hang out with your spouse all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just going to have a kid and it's just going to be like a little, a little person I'm hanging out with all the time. And, uh, I probably shouldn't swear around him. You probably shouldn't fart so much around her. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she might get mad at that. Do my wife yeah. farts more than I do. Oh, um, then maybe have her shape it up then. Serious. Hey, no more farting when the baby's around the house. <laughs> yeah. You're on notice. um but yeah anyways i'm i'm stoked about it and um yeah i I don't know i'll i'll I'll, i'm sure i'll have more to say oh Uh, dude as time goes definitely we'll be checking in and everything um 
like I said, I'm super happy for you. I, I can't wait to see how, how she progresses and how you guys are on your journey as parents. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, we've gotten to about an hour here. Uh, we've spent kind of on that. I think we've got a couple of topics that, uh, that could come in here. We spent a while talking about childhood and about bringing new life into the world. Uh, I think a, a pretty nice transition here would be to flip on the other side of that and talk about some <laughs> old fucking geezers that might be about to step out. <laughs> okay, I was like, where's he going with this? Like, what? Like, we're going to talk about us taking life out of the world. It's time to talk about genocide. <laughs> no. uh, uh, we're talking about, I'm not sure if you saw this or not. I, I just saw it right before we got on the pod. Um, but Mitch McConnell uh old old snapping turtle geezer looking dude oh yeah. he has announced he's stepping down oh did he shit and retiring and did he publicly shit himself again <laughs> probably that's literally what i was thinking i was like i wrote that down i was like all right mitch mcconnell stepping down and i put under it two bullet points i put the pause and then i put shitting pants <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's on the way out which i don't really have a lot to say um but it's just like Number one, he was pretty reprehensible, so it's nice to see him on the way out. Um, yeah. And then it's just also, it's like, it, it's got to be probably because of mental decline, I assume, cognition, skills going downhill, if like the pause and the shitting of the pants has, you know, if that's any sign of what happened here. And it makes me wonder, like, at what point, they're 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 admitting it here in this scenario. They're like, all right, this guy is old as fuck. Obviously, it's obvious that everyone has mental qualities declining. We got to get him out of here. Is yeah. that something that might would happen for like like Biden ever, or is that just something where it's like we're gonna just keep gaslighting the world until we can just get him out of here four years from now? Um, what just Biden? Yeah, Biden or like any like yeah, I guess yeah. primarily him. Dude, the lie is too big now. You yeah, know, yeah. They're, they're never gonna they're never gonna fucking blink on this you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. also he's just like he's a fucking he's just he's i mean he's like he's like a leader in the senate but like he's a fucking senator like you know it's not he's not as important not, if 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 i mean they already did this with reagan right like reagan had fucking all like dementia yeah yeah uh, for like the last like three years or two or three years of his fucking presidency right he was like gone right Nancy's so, calling the shots. And, and that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's the thing, right? Is that, like, if they were to, like, actually say it out loud, I think it would, like, damage the fucking farce that is the office in the first place. Yeah. I mean, because it'd be like, well, what was the thing that made you change your mind? Because the past four years now, we've been all thinking it. You know, I mean, I guess there's no, like, additional step that could happen like beyond him falling off the stairs, him stopping and turning around, walking off stage, any of these things, there's no additional, like, like the pause that Mitch McConnell had. That's not any further along mental decline than like any of these other things that Biden's been doing. So I guess it's like, yeah, if they were to just bring him out of the spotlight I mean, it was one pretty, day, I would say, I think, I think it was, I think it was pretty bad. Like, I, I think, I think, I don't know that we've seen anything quite that the pause. Bad Biden. Yeah, the pause. <laughs> the pause. I love like talking about it. Like, what was that NBC show, The Slap? Yeah. Right. Like, I just I like just calling it the pause. Um, I love that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I feel like that was probably a bit more severe than 
than anything yeah. else we've seen. But um, I mean, I mean God bless just... him. Hopefully, his brain recovers from whatever is going on up there. <laughs> bless him, dude. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, what were we even talking about again? I mean, they're just old fuckers. Yeah, they're old well, fuckers. The... Go we ahead. were talking about people uh, that were on the on the way out, so to speak. Um, so I said Mitch McConnell because obviously he's old. He's nearing the end of his path. And now um, he's on his way out. And now he's on his way out. And then here's another one, I guess, along the same lines. I think vastly other end of the spectrum as far as political ideology. But mm-hmm. did you see about the the guy that burnt himself alive in front of the Israeli uh, no. fucking consulate in New York? No. Or maybe it was DC. Some it was. It's been like all over the news. I've got a bunch of like twenty-five-year-old broads with dyed hair and BLM into bios, like kind of that energy, posting about him like he's a hero. Um, but so there's like a twenty-five-year-old army serviceman, American. He b- burnt himself alive. Like uh, I don't know that. It happens a couple times throughout history. Very classic photos: man setting himself ablaze in in a like lotus yeah. position. Yeah. He did that uh, like in, in front Vietnam. of yeah, pretty much like the same kind of thing. But he did that in front of the Israeli uh, embassy because of Palestine and Israeli conflict. And he's a twenty-five-year-old dude. He was an American citizen, um, and he was a serviceman. And so, like. There's this big kind of thing that's happened now where you have people on like two sides of it uh, uh, with every issue. Um, But this scenario, you got people that are like, oh, he's a hero. That's everything. And then you have people on the other side. They're like, I mean, that's really sad. He's a serviceman with like mental illness that killed himself. Um, And so it's like that's kind of I think maybe that's maybe where I think there's something to chew into on this is like people's perception of what is like an act of martyrdom and what's right versus like, what is just like this dude's just out of his mind. And it's like, it's just mentally unwell and it's sad. Yeah. Here. Sorry. I was blowing my nose. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Well, um, you know, I think the acts of martyrdom are like cool and good. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, you know, Jesus, something about jesus um right well (laughs) of course but um uh i think that it's a little bit harder these days um because like nothing can really be known today right um and so i think that there's like a lot of things to martyr yourself to um and i would say probably lowest on the list not because it's not important but because it cannot be known lowest on the list would have to be fucking geopolitics dude yeah um and so i think it's great i think i think the act of like martyrdom and that whole kind of thing is like beautiful and self-immolation martyrdom though that's i think maybe what the question is for me it's like is is burning well, yourself alive due to a geopolitical conflict on the other side of the world that you're not really fully involved in and it doesn't actually save anyone in this act or anything like that? Is that really martyrdom? It, it, it's like, and I think that's maybe where it boils down to because I've, I'm with you. I think acts of martyrdom 
I think it's a good thing. I think that like we're supposed to sacrifice ourselves for the things that we love fundamentally, the people that we love. I think that. Um, okay, so he, so here's the thing, right? So here's the thing, right? As a Christian, the first thing is that this is a non-starter because he, he is suicide. He committed suicide, right. and that's like a sin. Right, you can't, you can't do that, right? But what if would be uh, running into like a burning building, knowing that you're going to die, but you get in there and you get to throw a child out, so they're safe. You're like, not that's... doing that. You're not doing that with the intention of killing yourself, though. Right, but if that's martyrdom did... to me. Like that would be like, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were, I thought you were giving that as a counterpoint. No, no, no. But I'm saying, well, it kind of a little bit because it's like you know, probably you will die. It's not necessarily like you're committing suicide, but you know it is the it's the stakes. Um, and then well, but yes, you're doing but... it for a reason, like exactly. And and you're not. I would, you know, what that kind of reminds me of a little bit is like suicide by cop kind of thing, right? Mm, Where it's like mm-hmm. killing yourself via somewhat uh indirect means like i mean if you're going into the burning building to save somebody uh then like that's great if you're going into the burning building uh to kill yourself and then (laughs) if you if you can also save somebody in the process no that's still a sin like it's good you saved someone but like you were you know you were killing you were committing suicide that's bad um that said you know in like the more morally relativistic sense that that i have as a as a as a terrible catholic like i like under i understand and i see the kind of like noble almost artistry and kind of like a death like that you mm-hmm. know um oh of course talking like i mean mishima is not a very good example because mishima was kind of like kind of just like him being insane and it's kind of sad but like what he was going for right i i, it's I see powerful it's I poetic see, right i see value honestly mishima is a really great example right because he's like he's like delusional right he's like delusional and he's like fighting for some world that doesn't exist anymore that like people don't even really coherently want mm-hmm. right and he's operating within this like symbolic matrix of just this art this poetry of his life mm-hmm. that he was so close to that was so clear to him but that was like basically incoherent to people around him mm-hmm. and he fucking killed himself and, and it's kind of just for nothing right and i think that that i think that that's kind of the that's kind of the the risk you run into when yeah. you uh when you do something like this motivated by you know modern politics i mean especially uh international like <laughs> like foreign like in geopolitics like mm-hmm. no dude you're not going to fucking you're not going to you know we don't yeah, know the fucking half of it you're getting your news from six instagram accounts and that led you to self emulation you know what i mean like i don't well when you put it like that yeah exactly i don't um, know if that's right you know uh that's my thing to me it's like something i'm seeing a lot of people like i'm someone i'm like a given whatever baseline information i have about like the history and formation of israel and blah 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 the conflict over there <laughs> i'm someone over the, i'm someone that supports palestine and like in a base level of like the israeli people are fucking with these people they were there ostensibly like first not like in the long history of things or whatever but in the modern era they were there these people came over there displaced them are killing them whatever that's to me not ideal i don't support that i at least would support a two-state decision a two-state solution that's like 
let's just cut it off. Let's draw a line. And if either of y'all do anything, the rest of the world's going to handle it. Um, that's something I support. So like I'm pro Palestine in that regard. I think that what Israel's doing is despicable. I think mm-hmm. that on a lot of levels. Right. But I don't think that like, first of all, I think it, I just think it's really sad. Like this is a, this is a serviceman. So like going through basic training, they're going to literally mentally break you like a horse. That's what they're trying to do is psychologically break you who, so who? that you, uh, you're superior when you're going through basic training. Oh, oh, like oh, when oh, you're okay. when you're a serviceman like this guy was, mm-hmm. um, you're you're going through basic training. You're going to get psychologically broken down. So this guy fundamentally is someone who is psychologically broken and is in his place where like he's sworn fealty to the United States government. They're over there supporting Israel, etc. He feels like he's a part of it because of that. And he's gotten twisted up into it. And he's like the only thing that he can see as a way out is to like try to make some grand statement by burning himself in front of the embassy. And I think that it's coming from a noble place of like wanting like a a drive for justice and that kind of thing. But I think it's really misplaced. And I think that it's like, there's a lot of people that are glorifying him because they're people who are pro Palestine and it's such a powerful message they're sending and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I, it doesn't move the dial on public opinion, I don't think, any you know more this, than what... You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, that guy that, that capped Shinzo Abe. And, 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 oh, the, yeah, and yeah. the right was like, the right was like, this is the reawakening of like the warrior spirit of Japan. And like, that's like, mm-hmm. and listen, okay, first of all, that's a corny thing to say. But second, I like kind of like that romantic way of looking at the world. I like, I yeah. like, uh, it adds a narrative to life. It adds like... Mm-hmm something that's that's easier than just nothingness right and i like that i think it's good i think it's i think it's i think it's good to look at the world in a way that has that kind of rhyming to it mm-hmm. um but you know come to find out like just a couple of weeks later it's like no the guy was like the guy shot him because abe had ties with this cult that mm-hmm. his mother was giving like all her money to it was like right. it had like nothing to do with like i mean they were trying to turn him into like mishima basically right Mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with that um and i think that people just i think people get what they want to out of something and i mean honestly maybe this is another example of why it was a fucking misguided idea to do anything like what that guy did in the first place is because like is because just like just what happens in the yarns that are like kind of spun with his symbolic act in the, like the post truth order. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody even knows what to make of what he fucking did. They're just making it into their own little personal truth about what he did. Um, yeah. And you know, and so how in the fuck, how in the fuck, I mean, had this guy ever even fucking been to Israel, you know? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And and so, yeah, I, I think it's sad. I think it's sad. And, and, Again, I'm not. I'm not writing off. I mean, in a sense, I guess I have to write off fucking suicide and shit like that in that way. But like, I'm not writing off martyrdom. I'm. I'm not writing off like just kind of living uh, acts of uh, of I guess um, sim- symbolic value like that. But um, y- you got to kind of understand that the world is. I don't know. 
Well, we're here to like live a life of self-sacrifice for the ones around us and to like, of kind of like self-denial at, at some level in order to try to usher in a better way of life for ourselves and the people around us in order to become like a child again and to really kind of embrace like the teachings of Jesus and basically all, all like advanced spiritual teachers and stuff like that. And so like what we, what we're called to do is acts of self-sacrifice in service of people that we love in service of God, et cetera. But I think that like the key there is like, um, this is like a symbolic act, like you're saying, and it's done in this like this landscape where it can be taken to mean anything, and it doesn't really mean like I don't think that we should be trying to sacrifice in symbolic ways. I think we're called to sacrifice in tangible ways, in meaningful ways about what we think of ourselves, what are our um boundaries how do we break those down between us and other people how do we put ourselves second and put other people first and i think that doing something like this is not necessarily the heart of what that struggle is and i think that it's getting kind of caught in this the simulacra of modernity but also within the in own individual like kind of trapped in the self where it's like feeling like a your individual self can make such a grand spectacle notion and symbol that it's going to just change the fact of the world. And then also getting kind of stuck in this like self-defeatism thing that I think a lot of people feel where it's like, we're a part of this empire, this machine that's like pushing on the end of history and like fundamentally kind of fucking up a lot of stuff around us. And you feel tied to it and you feel a level of responsibility. And I think that it's like, a really tragic thing where it's like someone just needed to tell him like, Hey dude, this is not your, this is not your cross to bear. Like I, I or like if it is, this is not, I don't think this is the way to do it. I mean, um, not only, I think you need to go further than that. I think you need to go further <coughs> than that. Like, like the, the modern world is a fucking hall of mirrors. Right. And like, you need to understand that like, that like, it's a fucking con job and you're like being taken as a mark. Stop mm-hmm. taking it at face value. Stop taking it seriously. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, uh, everybody, everybody um, during the riots that had little black squares for their, for their <laughs> profile pictures. Yeah. That's if that's fucking, that's embarrassing. And you got taken for a ride, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody that, that, um, you know, got double mastectomies or, you know, fucking, I mean, I'm jumping to like the most severe shit, but like, just like, like you have been misled. You have been tricked. You have mm-hmm. been tricked. Okay. Um, all of this shit, everything is false unless proven otherwise at, on the macro scale, on the macro mm-hmm. scale. Right. Um, on the micro scale, people you love, you give them the benefit of the doubt. You don't owe anything to the fucking nation state. You don't owe anything to Palestine. Okay. Mm-hmm. You certainly don't owe anything to Israel. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they owe and, us something, honestly. Fucking yeah, billions and, and billions of dollars of taxpayer money. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, um, and honestly, like for all the boomer cons out there that need to hear this, like you don't owe anything to the United States at this mm-hmm. point. You certainly don't. Um, so 
yeah man it's just it's a it's all bullshit until proven otherwise um yeah i mean it's almost like you're letting like corporate lobbying interests and algorithms determine your life and your your actions on like the most just extreme level at that point um because it's like almost israel and palestine is almost like at least for us, the point of view that we have as Americans in this country, who people who are not over there, it's fundamentally like Barbenheimer or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like a big kind of phenomena that's happening within the social sphere, like within like social media. And like, it's almost kind of like marketing competing interests. And you're kind of letting these waves of like, of capital and just kind of like faceless interest it's shaping the narrative that you're subscribing to and you're letting that narrative like you're you're so tied to that narrative that you're riding the waves of it to your own demise and it's like i think that there's something value like valor uh i think there's valor in in martyrdom but i don't think that that's what this is and i think that this is like really just a sad case of like people are so connected to the fucking narrative dude in the discourse. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, like it's, it is you, mm-hmm. right. Um, I think about a few years ago, I was really sensitive to this and I was a lot more like pensive and kind of like self-conscious And I also just led a lot more of a social life than I do now. And I'm kind of in my nesting phase. And so I don't, I don't really think it's a bad thing that I'm my nesting era. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm in my nesting era. Um, But I would notice I would go online. Right. And I'm just riding, riding the waves of whatever social media is putting in front of me. Mm -hmm. And you would, a, a certain word would jump out to you online. Right. And, and then you go out and you interact with people and people for the first time, at least for the first time we've ever noticed this, are using that word mm-hmm. and saying it a lot more often than they, than they ever would. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound like too schizo because part of this is me just being like, I'm noticing patterns in the world. You know, <laughs> maybe it's just me noticing it. Right. But like, I, I am convinced I basically know it that like, it wasn't like that. Right. It it genuinely was like, I would, I would go and I would see these words and and I would, and it would be these moments of glimpsing into like, everybody is connected in this kind of brain, like dendritic Mm -hmm. network Mm -hmm. of it's this collective brain that everyone has. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that what I'm saying is like particularly novel, um, but it's, it was quite interesting seeing it in reality, in real mm-hmm. life for the first time and like really feeling it. And I would see it constantly. Yeah. Right. And this is especially when I was like living in the city where I think people generally are like over socialized and over cultured and um, more on social media. Well, exactly. Right. And, um, Uh, it's, man, 
you can just let when you're tuned into this stuff, your brain isn't doing anything wrong by just being like, I'm just going to pour this in and just like have this be the new me. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, like I was thinking about this yesterday, I've been watching a lot of um, I've been watching like a lot of like tabletop old school D&D videos. Right. Mm. I've been getting I've been getting back. I've been getting into uh, basic set D&D from like 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty based to be honest. Um, and I mean, anything from the eighties is based. Yeah. Well, and I didn't <laughs> realize, but it's just funny. Cause it's like, it actually, you like think back, you think on it and you're like, Oh, like obviously like a 40 year old edition of the game would be bad, but it's like, no, it, it literally works better than the modern one. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I've been getting into that. And then I was like, well, man, like, you know, I should start publishing, you know, uh, D and D adventures and shit like that. And, and I had I had this kind of thought for a sec of just like oh boy like you know goes through a stint of watching online videos and then you know wants to like make this a central part of your personality or something and that's a thing that's a thing that happens to people a lot right mm-hmm. and um and I think that people are aware of it in kind of an indirect way they maybe can't look at look directly at it and put a name to it but i think people are aware of it and i think that what happens is that people are remade broken down and remade by this constant barrage of information and culture that they're like re-socializing themselves through that they like become really really jaded and they don't believe that they even really have much of a sense of self right like i mm-hmm. i like dealt with mm-hmm. this when i was getting sober in a big way was like just totally depersonalizing and just being like, there isn't a me. Right. right? And then the thing that sucks about that though, is that there is a you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't acknowledge it, then it's only a limitation and you feel trapped in this person that you didn't choose to be born as. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you just keep filling yourself up with other bullshit. And then like, and then the convincing yourself that that's like what you are and that's what the self is. And then it's like, you never actually get in tune with your actual yes. real self and how to best navigate that within the course of the world. Exactly. And so, um, I think that it's just, it's, um, it's really important to understand that like you're, this stuff brands you, you mm-hmm. know, I, I remember, I think one of the last things I posted on Twitter was like that Adam 22 guy. I'm sure I talked to you about this already. That Adam 22 guy. I don't know. He's like associated with just this like weird, I guess. Rap or something? No, it's it's like they're kind of associated with like Pearl Davis, who like I had almost forgotten about her. Um, oh, and just Wait, he's in that he's in like manosphere kind of yeah 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 exactly uh, but like but not really but sort of i thought he was like a music reviewer for some reason i mean i, guess maybe I don't know let Marvel. me look it up uh, adam 22 american youtuber oh just you okay just a guy <laughs> just a guy well, that the, talks into a camera forever well the important thing is um yeah, right. Okay. So, um the important thing is basically um his he he married a porn star. Oh, wow. 
and f dude and then like major the, l then right after the, like they got married she like had her first video with like a dude oh right? god not him <laughs> no i don't know that i don't know that That's Mary, i don't know that all the porn producers were instantly like oh well you're married now so obviously we'll just get your husband in to record <laughs> this with you <laughs> they should <laughs> and so new category oh, dude oh my loving God. couple <laughs> doing like <laughs> doing like christian pornography yeah, a couple does missionary for six minutes <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways 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 so 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 people fucking shit on him online for being a cuck and so sure, he does yeah. he does the like he does the like well i'm just gonna I, you know he just ugh. He's so, literally a cuck too. Like that's the funniest part about it. It's not even like you're cuck. Like he's actually a cuck. No, it's definitionally a cuck, right? So <laughs> what he does is he makes a he makes a reality show about like having like his wife. Yeah, no, exactly about tryouts for who's the next guy who's going to have sex. What? With no, dude. And like, and I'm Fuck. getting too I'm getting too bogged down in the details here. The point is, is that I see this and it like makes me feel sour. Yeah. Right. It makes me feel. It makes me feel like the world's a, a deeply uncozy place. Right. And um, that's like toxic reality TV brain, where it's like people start just like, what's more entertaining, and like what's more absurd and entertaining for like the character that I am out in the world, like rather than like how do I actually live a life I want to fucking live. Well, and so, and so, so what it is, is. This is I've talked about this already. This is demoralization, okay? This is a demoralization campaign, right? The people making this stuff and putting money into it, Adam 22 is a fucking retard. He doesn't think about this. He doesn't know this. But the people who are giving money to make this fucking piece of shit propaganda video do know this. And that's that like the world is full of just alienated, lonely young people, okay? a lot of men who like who it's it's just it's a fucking it's a horror the the world to them is a horror and and to see this stuff come up right and go into your fucking eye holes mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have all these other things you're already struggling with that's by design okay like that's mm-hmm. by design and it fucking it weakens your soul mm-hmm. okay now what you can do is you can, you know, like have a, a relationship with Christ or 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 even just even something else like with the truth, okay? Yeah, and, just go outside and watch a bird fly for a second instead of fucking well, scrolling the that's timeline. That's what you that's what you should obviously do, but but I was going to make an addendum and just say uh you can have like a relationship with the truth that actually you know, alchemically changes this disgust into oh. strengthening your spirit against evil mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean you can look at that i'm not strong enough but you can look at that shit and be like i <laughs> i hate satan so much right and that's why i have such a visceral response to this angry like this bullshit right like i'm like you have the have the reaction of like a paladin right yeah uh you're just like this is just this just should be smited but um <laughs> But no, I'm being really meandering, but the point 
I almost said Miranda. Yeah, <laughs> like Miranda writes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the point is, is just like um, information. It's fucking powerful. It will fucking warp you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because this is coming from like my youth of being like, you know, are you saying that violent video games are bad for you? You know, like, are you saying you want to, you want to like uh, censor stuff? And it's like, I'm sorry. I, you know, like shit does fucking affect your soul. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and watching and, and allowing that to take place unfettered, uh, wears people down and mm-hmm. they know it in their bones. They know it mm-hmm. in their soul. And, um, and I think, you know, you look at this guy and this is somebody who burned themselves fucking alive because of their fucking media consumption. Okay. Literally. And you see all of these people who by the age of 23 have had a thousand different new little revelatory uh, new identities that they've adopted and they mm-hmm. feel like they're translucent now and they don't believe in anything and they're super jaded and nihilism is the only thing that actually makes sense uh, as a response to that. And it's just like, like you said, just like, just go do some fucking bird watching. Yeah. Go do some bird watching. How about that? Yeah, bro. And it's like, it's like a circle back. I'm always circled back into the touch grass in such a real way where it's like, it's like it's a shame that it's been made into a meme where people are like, uh, I'm not gonna say touch grass, that's retarded. Literally, dude, fucking go have a relationship with something real and absolutely true around you. Like yeah. go outside and be a part of the physical world around you, engage in relationships with people that are around you and view information for what it is. It's it's like a it's almost like a drug. It it causes chemical changes within your brain. It forms new neural pathways within your brain that are going to change the way that you think. And you got to view your intake of information like you're intaking a drug or sugar or fatty content or something. You need to watch it and understand that it's something that adds up. And it's like, we, we all have um, a secondary self beneath the surface. We have a subconscious or a soul or a combination of those two things. And it's always kind of at work and it's chewing on the stuff that we're taking in and it's chewing on all of our thoughts and all the things that happen to us and all the things around us. And you want to feed it healthy stuff as much as you can, because there's a lot of unhealthy shit around us already that you're going to take in passively just through walking around the day-to-day life in the city and whatever. So why would you choose to keep throwing more pollution into that space, more just mental pollution that you don't need when you could just actually have something that can clear the space a little bit, like something that uh, enjoyment of nature or like enjoying the people around you or listening to some really good music or something like that, looking at a piece of art that takes you out of yourself for one moment, something that can kind of help to just make you fucking human again and recenter you back into what it means to exist here in this reality, because we're getting too invested in, I don't want to say false realities because they're real, but they're, they're simulated. They're like virtual. We're getting too invested in virtual realities. And I think what we need to be is reinvesting into our physical realities and the people in proximity around us. And I think that like you were talking about, you know, we have this like big machine that's like 
the net essentially social media is kind of like externalizing like can it's kind of connecting us all together and i think that we already have like a we already have a universal consciousness that connects us all together and i think what we're doing with all this technology and, and internet and ai and stuff is kind of creating a secondary externalized version of that and i think that we don't I think we can return to what we have within us. I think that we can still the mind a little bit in quiet moments and try to actually listen to the true self, return to that and listen to the way that the spirit guides you to act. I think that that's really what's more important than tuning into whatever bullshit you can find on the externalized brain machine. I, I really think that that's important. And I think that we're getting, it's too profitable to look at the machine. It's too, it's too addicting to look at it. It changes your chemistry and brain chemistry in such a way. The dopamine loops are too much to fight back against for some people. But it's like you've really got to view it that way. Is it's you have to take it in in moderation. And like ever since I had, I think that was literally the main realization I had that made me step away from social media and stuff so much. It's just, hey, you have a subconscious. And, and like an unconscious that's always lingering beneath the surface, processing information, feed it good stuff. That's all that there is to it. And you're feeding it horror all the time. You're feeding it terror. You're feeding it stuff that makes you hate other people or think badly about other people around you. Depending on what flavor it is of media you consume, that's what you're getting, but from different angles. Stop doing that. Focus on actually connecting with an inner thing that's within you that connects us all and try to focus on that and try to show like that towards other people and love other people in that way. And I think that's how you can live a life of self-sacrifice. That's how you can martyr yourself is by denying the false self that you've created through the overstimulation, through the creation of all these boundaries that you've put up through childhood and whatnot of you know ways that you find security or validation or whatever putting that aside for a second and connecting with other people for their own sake and for the sake of what we're all in community together rather than for your sake or for the little things that get you a good feeling and dopamine or a good whatever good consolation stop looking for that and look deeper inside of what is actually guiding us and binding us together hell yeah hell yeah brother i absolutely i absolutely sign off on on all that man on all that it's um and, and I think that this actually kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier, just as far as like the kid goes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not going to sit my kid in front of Adam 22's new, <laughs> new fucking fuck my wife tryout show. Um, and if I'm, and if it's not good enough for my kid, then like, is it actually good enough for me? You right. know, um, I'm not, you know, I like, uh, I like, I like fucked up movies, you know, I like, uh. I don't know. I like Lars von Trier films. I don't know if I'll show my daughter. <laughs> I don't know if I'll have my daughter watch Antichrist anytime soon. Right. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even watch those, dude. I keep myself from those. Yeah. There's something wrong with that boy. But yeah. um, <laughs> psychosexual bullshit everywhere. <laughs> but but you, you get what I'm saying. And um, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I don't know. I wonder if that's part of the reason why like people people become parents and they kind of just like get, I mean, obviously there's, you can totally squander just like this invitation to better yourself and just be a horrible deadbeat parent. But like, but like a lot of the time, if they're doing it right, like people become parents and they become like more grounded and Mm -hmm. like more vital and wholesome. 
Mm-hmm. And I wonder if part of the secret there is literally just like they've just been sitting around just like just just doing shit that their kids are also doing and just watching shit that's not degenerate and horrible. Mm-hmm. Um and like it just makes them happier. You know? Mm-hmm. It's that um, and also it's you having to live a life of self-sacrifice every day because you're having to put your well, kid right. first. You're having to put your conceptions aside. You're having to put aside the things that you want to do and prioritize your child or at least that's what you're doing if you're a good parent. And so in that process, you're learning some of that self-denial and some of that thing that's like where you have to put others before yourself. And like that I think naturally is going to break down a lot of those barriers and make you a more open and loving person to the people around you. that's the that's the that's the jesus shit dude that's everything that's the work of life that's what we're called to do that's the invitation you're talking about you know some people squander the invitation to make yourself a better person that the you know child raising allows every moment of every day we have an invitation to become a better person to make a better choice to make a live a little bit more right livelihood and i think that every single day we squander it um, I think that it's about kind of realizing that in any given moment and like seeing that, you know, having a child is a huge, huge wake up call of shoving that in your face in such a visceral way. Um, and it's like having that is such a beautiful thing, but other people have it every day too on, on other levels, much smaller levels. And so just finding that, finding what that is and just realizing like, Hey, we're here to try to make it a little bit better for everyone around us. And we're here to try to like, live is in tune with the source as we possibly can and what that looks like is trying to tap into that when you can and trying to actually make the right decision trying to actually you know be a better person and connect with other people for their own sake and i think that's what you have to do with a kid like you're saying you have to you want to listen to your kid you want to be a parent that's receptive that's you saying i want to love my kid for their own sake and not because of the kid that i have in my brain that i want them to be but because of what they are and what's best for them i want to love that in them and i think that's really i think that's where the real like work is done of like being becoming a better person as a parent i think that's probably a lot of the process is that yep Yep. Man, dude, I'm so excited for you guys. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty stoked. Um, there will definitely be a lot to talk about, I guess, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I don't even know. It's it's fucking crazy. I'm like I said, I mean, there's just there's so much to think about that I'm kind of just not thinking at all. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other, and I, I think yeah. that I'm probably right about mm-hmm. that. Um, but um yeah. I don't know. Well, shit. Onwards and upwards, buddy. We'll catch up uh, next week sometime. Yeah, that sounds good, man. <laughs> These people are sick. This is obviously a very, very sick individual. It's like I like authentically laugh every time. <laughs> sick. They are sick. And you better get used to And that concludes this week's episode of These People Are Sick. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, you could head over to our Patreon page, which is the home for bonus content, extra episodes, video content, access to our Discord, and more. That's patreon.com slash thesepeoplearesick, and we hope to see you over there.